Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola, and I feel really lucky to be back on PTI with my incredible friends. I'm Nina Kimes, and I feel really lucky to be back on PTI. Waiting, waiting. <laughs> That was that's the end of your sentence right there. Nothing else. All right. So happy. You want to play that game? We'll see what happens today and tomorrow with you. Uh, <laughs> welcome to PTI. Mike and Tony should be making the turn right about now. So I'm joined by, despite what she says, my great friend from NFL Live, Mina Kimes. <laughs> They're disappointed that you weren't, uh, you know, you weren't friendly enough with me. All right. Let's start with the struggling Yankees landing an All-Star outfielder. The Yankees acquired Andrew Bentendi and his 320 average from the Royals for three minor leaguers. The Yankees right now, they're 66 and 33 overall, but just 10 and 12 in July after losing again to the Mets last night. The Yankees already have stars everywhere, Mina. So is Benintendi a key piece or just another piece? I think he's a key piece with yes. a pretty significant caveat, which is as of this moment, he is not vaccinated. This matters, of course, because the Yankees play in the American League, and there is a good chance they will have to go up to Toronto to play the Blue Jays in the playoffs. And, well, if they go up there, they can't bring Benintendi unless he's vaccinated. I will say the fact that the Blue Jays were also in hot pursuit of Benintendi yeah. suggests he has expressed willingness to do so. And if that is resolved... I think this acquisition is a shot in the arm, not only for Benintendi, potentially, but also for the Yankees, who have a gaping hole in the outfield with Stanton out and Joey Gallo struggling the yeah. way he has. They needed to get this done. They needed to add a contact hitter at the top of their lineup. I like this move for a team with World Series aspirations. Yeah, well played with shot in the arm. Now, they do go to Toronto in late um, September for three-game series. Now, he had said today that, yes, it's something he'd consider, but right now he's not committed to getting the shot. So we'll see how all, that all plays out. But from a baseball standpoint, it's big. He leads right now the American League in multi-hit games. He's got 34. He's second in hits, third in batting average. And to your point, he's replacing Joey Gallo. And it's such a Yankee move, Nina, because they lose to the Mets. And, you know, the old boss, George Steinbrenner, the late, great George Steinbrenner, all he cared about was really – the Mets, you know, beating them on the back page, and probably the Boston Red Sox. Joey Gallo came up on Tuesday night. They sent him up as a pinch hitter, two out, runner on, Yankees are down two. Edwin Diaz comes out of the bullpen. What does he do? Strike him out, which is what everybody does. Joey Gallo is batting 161 and 103 strikeouts this season. So they're getting a better hitter and they're getting a better fielder. This is a classic Yankee move. The fact that it happened after they lost that second game last night to the Mets, the timing of that is interesting because remember now, since the All-Star break, two losses to the Astros, two losses to the Mets. The Yankees kind of know where they sit right now. Exactly. Although I will say, I do think they also need to add another arm, but it's the Yankees, so they probably will. They got the money to right. do it. Let's move to the NFL, where new Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson is practicing in front of fans for the first time. The Broncos acquired Wilson in March, but did not work out an extension at the time. GM George Payton calls a new deal for Wilson a top priority. But Mark Kislev of the Denver Post argues today that the team should wait to see how Wilson plays before committing. So, Frank, 
Should the Broncos get a deal done or wait and see? Yeah, I know Mark Kisler. He's looking to stir it up, and I know you know Russell Wilson. <laughs> this is right down your alley. But here's my thing about Russell Wilson. He's 33 years old, which is relatively young for a quarterback. He has started 158 games in his career and 16 playoff games, and that includes two Super Bowls. The guy's experience. I'm going to run down the list of quarterbacks that have, that have started a game there's been about 11 of them. I'll give you some names. You stop me if you think they're better than Russell Wilson. Rock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, pa- Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, not bad. Teddy Bridgewater, not bad. Drew Locke. Nobody in that category is Russell Wilson. So guess what? It's hard to find franchise quarterbacks. He says he wants to spend, you know, the rest of his career in Denver. You know, can you wait a year? That's fine. If I can get him now, I'm signing him up because he, for me, he's still going to be good for at least another three, four years. So normally I would lean towards extending a franchise quarterback early, and I do think he is a franchise quarterback. And, of course, if he were to leave after they gave up that enormous haul, five picks, two first-rounders, it would be disastrous. But I also think it would be disastrous if they committed to him long-term into his 30s and his trajectory continued on where it's been. Because while Russell Wilson is incredible, over the last couple of years, Frank, he has been a bit underwhelming. Now, the Broncos are betting on a bounce-back year from him, and I bet they're right. But I don't see any harm in waiting to see if that happens before you commit to him long-term. Well, you know, when you think, first of all, that division, it's amazing how many good quarterbacks are there. And what I, I love about Denver, you know, since John Elway was there, they've been searching for that guy. And they basically got Peyton Manning on a rental. They got him at the end of his career. When they won a Super Bowl with him, he wasn't nearly the quarterback that he once was. They really won because of their defense. I'm a little surprised. You're all about throwing money at the guys like Kyle Murray. I haven't done anything yet. You're ready to throw 200, over $200 million at him. This is a guy that is proven. He's a proven commodity. And he's still young. They made the big move. Why wouldn't you just pay him? Do it now. Why wait? Well, I don't think he's still young, unlike Kyler Murray. And I'll just say this. Since mid-2020, 19th in expected points added. Your favorite statistic per drop back amongst quarterbacks, Frank. Let me tell you something. 33 is not young. We're all in trouble here, (laughs) folks. At least some of us. All right. uh, More NFL after weeks of back and forth. Washington Commander's owner Daniel Snyder testified today before a congressional committee that's investigating allegations of workplace misconduct within the franchise. Snyder testified remotely and voluntarily rather than under subpoena, which means he technically could avoid directly answering some questions. The deposition was not made public and no transcript has been released. All right, Mina, how, if at all, do you think today's appearance changes things for Dan Snyder? I don't think it changes anything, and that is a problem. So it's worth refreshing people's memories as to why he's testifying in the first place. You talk about Congress doing their investigation into Washington's toxic culture. That happened because the NFL's investigation was, as you remember, not made public. It was not even written down. And what they found was deeply alarming. So Snyder himself has been accused of both sexual harassment and sexual assault. Allegedly, he knew about people who worked for him who were accused of similar things. And reportedly, he conducted his own shadow investigation, silencing and intimidating witnesses, as reported by the Washington Post. And yet, despite all of this, he has largely escaped punishment, aside from a fine. And today, Frank, as you said, in testifying without a subpoena, he escaped being asked difficult questions. He did this by reportedly, and I am not making this up, hiding on his $192 million yacht. Look, I I know with Dan Snyder, because there are so many stories like this over such a long period of time, and nothing seems to happen. It is easy to get desensitized to them, but none of this is normal, and none of it is going to change unless we hold the other owners, who are the decision makers here, 
accountable for keeping him amongst their yeah. ranks. It's so on brand for a sports owner of an American team to be on his yacht somewhere to avoid being subpoenaed. I, I go back to 2017. Sports Illustrated had the story about Jerry Richardson. And remember, there were allegations there mm -hmm. of uh, misconduct, saying inappropriate things. There was the uh, comment about him directing profanity or an ethic a slur at an African-American scout. It just so happened Right around that same time, Jerry Richardson said, I'm out. I'm going to sell the Carolina Panthers. So really, ultimately, it comes down to this, Mina. You think it's ever going to reach the point where the league, the other owners, because remember now, the commissioner works for Daniel Snyder. It's ever going to yes. reach a point. And there's been a lot of things going on there. And the fans are probably thinking, let's get him out, because this once proud franchise is terrible on and off the field. I don't think it's ever going to reach a point where they're going to make them sell the team. You think it reaches that point? Well, it has been reported that some owners have expressed uh, discontent. And I would say that might be because there's not only allegations of sexual impropriety, but also financial impropriety. Yeah, and I right. think that's ultimately what it would take. But all we can ask for at this point is for Roger Goodell to call a vote. And then we can see who's actually I, willing to vote him out. I mean, you know what's going to happen, though? All the owners are going to think, I don't want this happening to me. So Daniel yep. Snyder stays. That's what's going to happen. It's still the old boys club when it comes to owners of every professional league. That's the way it works. we got to keep asking them about it. All yep. right, now to the NBA, where the reigning champion Warriors have some investment decisions to make. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole are all under contract for next season, but also prime for extensions. The Warriors are already projected to be $60 million over the cap next season, and new deals will move the repeater luxury tax dramatically higher. So, Frank... <laughs> Who should the Warriors prioritize and deprioritize? Well, what I like is that Draymond Green's already prioritized himself. There was a story in The Athletic that he wants a max extension, even though he has two years left on his deal. It's this year, and then he can opt out. But the Warriors traditionally have not offered extensions with a guy in theory has two years left on his contract. And as you know, timing in life is everything. Can you imagine if the story about Draymond Green came out after the way that he played in games three and four of the NBA Finals yeah. saying Draymond wants a max extension? He would have been ridiculed and mocked. He would have been doing new media and a podcast for days <laughs> upon days because a lot of people would have been crushing him. I mm. think the player that they're not going to prioritize because going into the NBA Finals, in fact, going into about game four, there was a lot of talk about disappointment in Jordan Poole. For me, though, he played pretty well the rest of the series. But if you don't pay him to say the $27 million, they saved so much on luxury tax. And to Joe Lacob's credit, and he got fined for criticizing luxury tax, they're willing to pay the freight to keep a championship, a championship team together. But if it comes down to one player, I think it's going to be Jordan Poole. It's fascinating, right, because this team was really the poster child for planning, you know, for the present and the future while yes. also keeping the old guard. But it's really hard to do that That's over right. the course of multiple years. And now they are faced with these tough choices. Uh, your point about Draymond is well taken. I tend to think he is not going to agitate. He's going to stay on the team, even though, of course, Steph wants him to be around. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that he'll be gone. And then it comes down to Poole and Wiggins. And this is tricky because Wiggins was such a fantastic two-way player for them in the finals. He was so important. That said, I tend to think he's a little bit more easily, easily replaceable really? with some of the guys they have. Yeah, Jonathan Kaminga comes to mind, Moses Moody, whereas Poole's shot creation and playmaking, I don't know if they can replace that. You know, remember uh, Joe Lacob was ticked off because he said, you know, the top eight players in our rotation are all basically homegrown, <laughs> as you point out last week. Not Andrew Wiggins, who really was mm. their best player. By the way, Draymond Green in the NBA Finals, I know he's not a scorer. You know he only scored 37 points in the entire series, and that includes 12 in Game 6. But his value to that team, it's almost as if he's a max player on the Warriors. I don't know about other teams. And look yeah. at it this way, Mina. You think somebody else is going to offer Draymond Green the max? 
what you just said might be true of Wiggins as well, though, right? Yeah. I mean, couldn't you just see him going to another team and not? I mean, this, that's always the case with the Warriors. Are they as valuable elsewhere as they are valuable in Golden State? It's hard to say. One thing, when you go after Wiggins like that, all of Canada is now going to be coming after you. Just remember that. <laughs> Let's take a break. But coming up, how concerned should the Bucks be about today's injury to starting center Ryan Jensen? And what's the word for this EFAS pitch from the Japan, Japan League All-Star Game? It's awesome. That's one. You gotta see it. It's not Amina Kimes pitch, but it's still not bad. Pretty you similar. Ne- you never get. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. Time for the game that hasn't been played on this show for something like, man, it's been 24 hours. What's the word? What do we got first? Ryan Jensen's injury is blank for the Bucks. All right, I'm going to say it's uncomfortable. And for people to know, Ryan Jensen got carted off the field. It appears to be a serious knee injury. And why is it uncomfortable? Because Tom Brady, those five guys that are in front of him, that's more important than any other weapon you want to bring in. In fact, maybe they should ask Ron Gronkowski if he could snap the ball in a shotgun because they're going to need it. The, the chemistry that the offensive line builds up, and let's face it, more so than any player in the league, Tom Brady needs protection because I'll use Amina Kimes' line from NFL Live. He has zero escapability. He needs time <laughs> back there. So anytime you lose a player like that, and Tom Brady, you know they practice a lot, he's going to be very uncomfortable if this turns out to be a major injury. Yeah, my word is worrisome uh, because it is very concerning. Look, this Bucks roster is loaded. But if I had to pick one area where it's a bit thin, it's the offensive line, and particularly the interior of the offensive line, because you remember they lost some of their starters last year to free agency. They were able to trade with the New England Patriots to bring in guard Shaq Mason. But losing Ryan Jensen would be particularly yep. brutal, their starting center, in part because not just uh, you know Tom Brady's lack of escapability, but because, Frank, and this comes up every Super Bowl, one of Tom Brady's very few weaknesses is interior pressure. Yeah. And they don't have someone behind him. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and sign J.C. Treader, who's a center, last with the Browns. But this is not good for a team that should be in contention for the Super Bowl. And look how long it took them to adjust when they played the Rams last year in the playoffs. 
I was actually shocked that they tied that game because, to me, Brady was, like, running for his life the entire game. All right, uh, what do we got next? Hiromi Ito's EFIS pitch was blank. Oh, I'm going to go for underutilized. You know, he's used it four times during the regular season, and the batters are 0 for 4 with that pitch. Look, look at this thing. That thing is absolutely beautiful. I also like no grass on the infield, by the way. You know, Ted Williams, so there was a, a player by the name of Rip Sewell. He, a lot of people think he invented the pitch. The only time anybody ever hit a home run off of him was in an All-Star game when the great Ted Williams did it. And then a Red Sox, Bill Lee, tried it against the Reds in the World Series, and Tony Perez hit a two-run homer over the Green Monster. So if nobody's ever got a hit off you before, keep using it. 0 for 4, and then technically 0 for 5 if you count the All-Star game. My word is delightful, but I kind of disagree with you. I think if he uses it too much, batters will catch on because what makes it successful is that it is so surprising and wonky and that's why I think it's actually uh, the worst pitch to miss out on as a batter because frankly as that thing comes you know looping in so slowly to not even swing your bat is humiliating (laughs) and I also love the pitcher's celebration I don't know what this is but I'm gonna do it pretty much every time after I do something good you know it's amazing you throw one pitch before a major league game and now all of a sudden you're you're an expert on pitching isn't it amazing how this tender there's the deepest pitch (laughs) nobody swung at that either (laughs) You know what they call that? Unpredictable. Look at that. You know what? You know what? You know what's a big similarity? The catcher's glove didn't have to move. I love how what they didn't show, you get the mascot gets the high five. What they didn't show was you backing up right before you threw the pitch, which, as everyone knows, would then be a balk. So I'm calling balk from the press box in that case. Pitch doesn't count. You'll have to go back and do it again. That's the final word. Let's take one last break. But still to come, Kyler Murray. Remember, this story talks about the film study clause in his new contract. Oh, boy. And there's reportedly a front runner in the race to trade for Juan Soto. Yankees, Mets, Mariners, your team. You said it. (laughs) Good pitch. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. It's happy time. Happy 45th birthday. Manu Ginobili. The Lionel Messi of Argentine basketball. Ginobili went from being the 57th overall pick in the 1999 NBA Draft to the Hall of Fame class of 2022. Congratulations, Manu. Along the way, Manu won four NBA titles with the San Antonio Spurs, made two All-Star appearances, and won six men of the year. However, Ginobili's greatest achievement took place on the international stage. At the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Argentina upset the United States in the semifinals before beating Italy in the gold medal game. 
I was at both games, Mina, by the way. It marked the first and only time since 1988 that a U.S. team comprised of NBA players didn't win gold at the Olympics. Yeah. One side note here, this is interesting. Ginobili exchanged his jersey for a basketball with an Olympic official. This was after the gold medal game, only to lose the ball during a post-game celebration at the team hotel. Apparently, teammate Andres Nocioni kicked the ball off a balcony at the hotel, and it just <laughs> disappeared into the Athens night. Just like that, gone. Oh, man. Um, I, I love Manu's stories. I love Manu. I, I was trying to pinpoint something to say about him because there's so many great things. And one thing that really strikes me, Frank, is when he's asked today about the modern NBA, unlike a lot of people yeah. uh, his age, we're not that old, 45, he says he loves it. He says he feels like he would thrive in it, you know, with the fast pace and three-point shooting. And I'm inclined to agree. Am I wrong in thinking he no. could probably come back and play and start in a game? <laughs> he was always in great shape. Greatest South American player in the history of the NBA. And by the way, after that Olympics, if you remember, that's when all the American players decided to get together and say, let's win gold. Then you had LeBron and Kobe, obviously, in, uh, in China for the next Olympics. Happy anniversary, Dennis Martinez and Kenny Rogers. On this day, 31 and 28 years ago, respectively, Martinez and Rogers threw the 13th and 14th perfect games in Major League history. Martinez, named El Presidente, is the first Nicaraguan to play in the majors and the first Latin American-born pitcher to pitch a perfect game, accomplishing the feat in an Expos win over the Dodgers. Exactly three years later, Rogers, nicknamed the Gambler, pitched the only perfect game in Texas Rangers history. Today, the perfect game, it's as infrequent as Haley's Comet. In fact, we are closing in on a decade without a perfect game. With analytics and pitch counts ruling the day, this is old man, get off my lawn. Starting <laughs> pitchers rarely go six innings, much less nine. We've had two combined no-hitters this season, Mina in April, and then, I'm sorry, in April, you had Clayton Kershaw, six outs away from a perfect game. He was removed after seven innings because of your analytic people. You're still mad about that? I knew you were going to bring it up. I absolutely knew it. Let's talk in October when Clayton Kershaw is healthy. Um, yeah. First of all, El Presidente and The Gambler sounds like a great buddy comedy. Yeah, not bad, that not out bad. There. It has been a long time granted since 2012, but before that, there were spans even longer without a perfect game, 23 years. 33 years, so it's not like we're in this incredible, unprecedented drought as much as you want pitchers to blow out their oh, arms. You got it. You got to get so technical. It was Kershaw's first start of the season, to be fair. Happy trails to the Niners for D4. San Francisco released the 31-year-old pass rusher yesterday, three years after trading a second rounder to the Chiefs for him. At the time, Ford was coming off a 2018 season of 13 sacks and seven forced fumbles, but he was also memorably flagged for an offside penalty that led to a comeback win by Tom Brady and the Patriots in that season's AFC title game. Still, the Niners landed him and signed him to a big new deal, but Ford struggled with back problems and played just 18 games over three seasons. Not a huge surprise given the depth on San Francisco's uh, defensive line, the amount of money that they saved, and of course, as you alluded to, the fact that he has been banged up. I hate that he's remembered yeah. for that offsides penalty because he was so good in Kansas City. Yeah. And despite the injuries, I hope he can return to form. I think the Chiefs would have gone back to back if, they, if that penalty hadn't happened. All right, no errors today. We're running out of show. Let's go to the big finish. Kyla Murray told reporters it's, quote, disrespectful and almost a joke that people think he could accomplish what he has without studying for games. Your thoughts? What's disrespectful is that that clause would put in his contract in the first place. He shouldn't be mad at people for interpreting it that way. He should be mad at the team for insisting he have a homework clause. All right, Buster Olney reports that some rival execs believe the Padres are the front runners to land Juan Soto. 
Would that be a good spot for him? No, New York is a good spot for him. Mike Trout says his back condition is not career-threatening. He just needs to stay on top of treatment routine. He does. Your thoughts? Anytime you hear the, hear the words rare and back injury, you're going to feel nervous, especially for a guy who hasn't played over 100 games in three seasons. Bubba Watson is joining the Saudi tour. Significant? Well, he is a two-time Masters champ. He's fallen to number 86 in the world, believe it or not. Uh, by the way, Marcus Mariota is start, starting quarterback for the Falcons. What do you think? Quick. I think it'll be interesting quick. as long as he stays healthy. All right. We're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. And I'm Nina Kimes. So you can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter. See you tomorrow. PTI. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.